0: Visit OpenBibleNJ.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service.
1: Amen, amen. Thank you for that. If you turn your Bibles to Jonah chapter 1 this evening, as you, most of you know, my wife, she makes all my messages, she types them all up, and then she tells me, this is what i need you to preach t- this evening so understand this that i'm just being obedient and making sure i do what she's asked me to do and so if the message blesses your heart please let my wife know <laughs> this afternoon i was walking out and uh One of the teens came up to me and said, you're nervous, aren't you? You were nervous when Brother Jason said, turn to Jonah chapter one. I said, no, not actually. I just figured he was starting with the introduction and then I would just continue with the remainder of the message this evening. But I was thinking all this time when pastor had asked me several weeks ago if I would preach this evening and I thought I knew what I was actually going to preach, and then all the men before me began to preach and begin to share what God laid on their heart. And God directed me to this book of Jonah this evening. and as I was preparing it, he was not only preparing me to teach you what He's taught me, but he was showing me some things that I didn't see before, and I hope that I could be a blessing to you this evening. In Jonah chapter number one, let's look down at verse number 15, because of time we'll get there, and I actually made a PowerPoint slide for you this evening, so hopefully you'll be able to follow along, and you'll be able to get the notes. You know, I have many subpoints and things like that, but uh, I am pray that God will just be glorified this evening. But in Jonah chapter one, beginning at verse 15, it says this, So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea. And the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. See, the story of Jonah is one that is familiar to most of us, if not all of us in the Bible. It's often a story that a child loves to hear. It's centered around a prophet. It's called to God to go to a city who, contrary to what God said, went the other direction. As a result, according to Scripture, he was swallowed by a great fish. In the New Testament, the Lord Jesus Christ called that fish a whale. See, this is not a fictitious story. This is not a fairy tale. This is not a made-up, dramatized scene. There was a man in the Bible that disobeyed God who spent three days and three nights in a whale's belly. You say, preacher, why do you believe that? I believe it because that's what the Bible says. And around here, we believe the Bible. See, three days and three nights he spent in the whale's belly. And after getting right with God... The whale vomited him out. By the way, God has the power to get a whale to swallow you. God has the power to get the whale to spit you out. See, before you call God a mean God for letting that whale swallow him, you better call God a gracious and merciful God for letting him survive it. He was, he was out on the shore. You know the end of the story. Jonah runs and he runs and, and, and hastes not. He cuts down the time and he preaches at the city. He gets saved and turned to God. Repentance is made very clear. And and God changes his mind on destroying the city of Nineveh. And by the way, if you ever want God to change his mind, you better change your ways. See, God only changes his mind when we change our ways. And when Nineveh changed their ways, God changed his mind. Aren't you glad that God will take back his wrath if we decide to do right? So that's the story of Jonah in a nutshell. This evening, I want to deal with Jonah from a different angle. Jonah in the story is a Hebrew child of God who is on a mission that God sends him on, and he fails to do it, and he suffers the consequences. But today in chapter number one, I want to deal with the folks on the ship with Jonah. See, they were on the boat with Jonah and would have sailed just fine had he not been there. And as the story tells us in Scripture, it wasn't until they threw him off that the ship sailed right. So I want to deal with this aspect of the story today. Throw your Jonah off the ship. So and this is by the way of application, because the direct interpretation of Scripture, if you will, is a saved man who's supposed to preach to a lost people and who is riding on the boat with people who he really doesn't know, who we don't even know if they know God or not. But the application tonight in this service tonight is that there are some people who could be sailing smoothly, you could be enjoying the Lord, you could be experiencing joy, you could have a peaceful life, but there is a Jonah in your life that doesn't belong there see there's some sin in your mind that doesn't belong there there's a habit in your lifestyle that it doesn't belong there come to the church is great singing in the songs are great joining the ministry is great tithing is great testifying on Sunday night is great giving to help people out is great doing whatever you can for God is great but none of those things are a substitute for getting Jonah off your boat until you get that mess out of your life see you'll never sail smoothly Tonight, I want to ask you, what's the Jonah on your ship? What is it in your life if you were gone, you could actually enjoy the ride? Now, wait a minute. I don't want you to miss this this evening. See, I want to tell you that there's a thief, the devil. He comes to kill. He comes to steal. He comes to destroy. I like to call the devil out. I want him to know I don't like him. And one of the things you can do when you get around a bunch of lost people is tell them that you're saved. See, you know why? Because they will be hesitant to offer you to do something wicked when they know who you serve. See, what i like to announce to the devil this evening before I get deep into the message is I don't like him. See, my Bible tells me he comes to kill, he comes to steal, and he comes to destroy. So all of you who think the devil is your friend or he's your road dog, can I tell you? He, he has your life a whole lot easier, you think, than Jesus would ever make it. Don't let him lie to you. See, I want to tell you, he's a liar, he, he's a dragon, he's a murderer, he's a thief, he's a deceiver, he's a shyster, he's a slickster, he's anti-God. He's not on your side, he does not want you to have a good life. But Jesus came that you might have life, and that you might have it more abundantly. See, but you can't have it without Jonah on the ship. So if you are not enjoying life, and you got a savior that came for you to enjoy it, then the problem is that you know you got somebody on the ship that doesn't belong. And I'm trying to get you to, to, tonight not just to come to the altar. I, I think Christians come to the altar every service, but they come back from the altar and they let Jonah stay on the ship. See, I think they make commitments. I think they fill out cards. I think they raise their hands. I think they go to revivals. I think they come out on mission conferences. I think they write down notes on, on pieces of paper or in their Bible, but they still live a miserable life because they go back home and Jonah is still on the ship. See, there's only one way you are going to sail the seas of life and enjoy that ride. You're going to have to get that Jonah off the ship. So let me give you four points this evening. Number one, the problematic essence. The the problematic essence of Jonah. I mean, what's the big deal about Jonah on the ship? He had an involved, inexcusable rebellion. An involved, inexcusable rebellion. See, he was on the boat running from God. That is rebellious. See, the Bible says in Samuel that the rebellion is like that descent of witchcraft. I mean, the word witchcraft in the Hebrew there is great. It gets the word pharmakeia. It's where we get the word use of drugs. See, the occult was associated with the use of drugs. See, rebellion is something that God likens to drug use. See, a lot of Christians pride themselves. They have never done drugs, but they're rebellious. See, write that down. Inexcusable rebellion. And then he had inappropriate residence. I said he ran from God and he boarded a ship and then he had inexplicable relaxation. He went down into the bottom of the ship. Look up here just a moment. Anything in your life that is rebellion to God, can I tell you, it doesn't belong there. See, I said it doesn't belong there. See, the first time you do it, that means it's an excusable rebellion. Here's what happens when Jonah is in your life. They start off with rebellion. And then they moved self to residence. See, running from God was Jonah's problem. See, but boarding the ship was their problem. See, there are some Christians that only, get, that, that they only met Jonah, they offered him a bedroom. See, don't, don't get quiet on me. See, I'm just trying to help you this evening. I mean, it's one thing to mess up. It's another thing to let mess up move in. And by the way, I'm thinking about it. This could be literal. You could have somebody living in your house that is not living for God. And it could be your own child. See, so, but if that child is going to be rebellious, then they can't reside in your place. See, with that rebellion, because otherwise they will bring that repercussion of the rebellion on you. See, well, I don't want to put my child out. Do you want God to put you out? See, it's getting quiet because after rebellion turns into residence, it eventually turns into relaxation. See, listen, you let anything stay there long enough before long it will go to sleep. Listen, see, you'll be a child in the house that has to ask permission to get something out of the refrigerator, but Jonah just goes in and don't ask, any, ask nobody. See, because he's gotten so comfortable there, he gets away with stuff in your house that the people who are supposed to live there don't get away with. See, I want to tell you what's wrong with these folks having a Jonah on their ship. See, Jonah have gone from inexcusable rebellion to inappropriate residence, to inexplicable relaxation, then a storm, they're going through difficulties. He's the cause of the difficulty. They're up trying to get rid of the storm, and he's asleep. Isn't it amazing when you get stuff in your life that doesn't belong there, it will be sleep while you're panicking? See, maybe you're not picking up on what I'm saying tonight, so let me call out some potential Jonas. Pornography is a Jonah. Drinking alcohol is a Jonah. Cigarettes are a Jonah. Drugs are a Jonah. Listen to me, partying is a Jonah. Ungodly music is a Jonah. Gambling is a Jonah. You say, preacher, I didn't intend to get hooked on it. No, but the moment you let Jonah come in and eat dinner, the next thing you you know, he wants to stay for dessert. And the next thing you know, he likes to sit on the couch and watch the football game with you. And the next thing you know, it's 12 o'clock in the morning, and Jonah's too tired to drive home because he might fall asleep at the wheel. So he might as well stay overnight. See, the next thing you know, he's calling that bed sl- that he slept in pretty good. Maybe I can do it again. And then the next thing you know, he wants to spend a weekend. And the next thing you know, I'm in between places. Can I stay here a while? See, that's the problematic essence of Jonah. Write this down, number two. The power effect of Jonah. The power effect of Jonah. Wow. There is a deliberate source. There's a deliberate source. See, the storm comes and God sent it. I say God sent it. See, the boat wasn't rocking just because that's what the weather was that day. The boat was rocking because God sent the storm. See, so, see, as long as Jonah was on that boat, God was sending a storm. Look at verse number four with me, if you will. Verse number four. It says, but the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. See, that's the deliberate source that has some divine strength. See, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. See, this, this was no pity pattern. This was no passing of a, a little shower. This was a storm from a source with a strength that caused a destructive scene. Notice what the Bible says again in verse 4, that the ship was like to be broken. Now, everybody look up here just a moment. I'll tell you why Jonah don't belong in the lives of Christians, because he's breaking up stuff. See, that's what he's doing. Some people have marriage problems because they have not thrown Jonah out. See, preachers don't pick on me. No, I'm not trying to pick on you. I'm trying to pick on Jonah tonight. See, some of your kids have school problems because you have not thrown Jonah out. See, somebody help me. See, it says there long, if they stay there long enough, he's going to send a storm, and that storm is going to break things up. See, some of you lost friendships. You didn't lose friendships because you went separate ways. You lost friendships because Jonah got between you. See, some people don't come to church as often as they should because they let Jonah stay. And it's breaking things up. There was an, there was an effect that Jonah had, and the effect that Jonah had caused a storm that was destroying them. Hmm. Number three, pointless efforts. Pointless efforts. Hmm. We got something rebellious on this boat. And his rebellion is causing repercussions. So what are we going to do about it? I mean, we're going to do everything in our power to stop the storm and keep Jonah. Isn't that where we are sometimes? The Bible said they were exceedingly fear. So there was a, a, a maligning fear going on. See, the storm that Jonah was causing so much trouble, they were scared to death. And all of a sudden, that maligning fear led to what we call a misplaced faith. Here's what happened. They started calling out to all of their gods. God, save us. You say, preacher, I don't worship any foreign gods. You know, I think this is a picture. And of this picture of the storm that God sends is when, we're, when we go calling on everybody else but God who sent the storm to save us. See, that's what happens. When things come into our lives, see, it's not always the devil that sends things in our lives to get our attention. See, God sends things in our lives to get our attention because we're supposed to be dependent upon him. And what we do from time to time is when things happen and things come to our lives, the first thing we do is we, we, we sometimes we come to church and we, need to, we want to talk to the preacher, but then we want to talk to everybody else. And, and the preacher's up here and, and he's opening up the word of God and he's sharing it with you and he's trying to tell you how to live a Christian life and we just let it go right by. See, I know... I think this is a picture of... This is a picture of the storm that God sends. And we go calling everybody else. But God, to help us with this misplaced faith. See, there was a maligning fear going on there. There was a misplaced faith going on there. And there was a mistaken frenzy going on there. What do you mean, preacher? All of a sudden, they're throwing out all of their stuff. Except the one thing they should throw out. See, if you're not careful, listen... I know you have some services that, you don't, um, that you're don't, that you not really in, but I need you to dial in on this one this evening. I need you to listen to this. Be careful when you're being judged by God and you're getting rid of all the stuff that you should keep and you keep all this stuff you should get rid of. Amen. See, I'm going, to, I'm going through financial struggles. I'm not, I'm not going to tithe anymore. Throw it off the ship. Wrong answer. See, I'm going through marital issues. I'm not going to go to church anymore. Throw it off the ship. Wrong answer. I don't like these rules my parents have, so I'm going to sneak around and do my own thing. Listen to me, it's a shame that we're young people who will throw away their relationship with their parents to keep a relationship with a bozo. So you're tossing the wrong thing off the ship. Don't toss your parents off the ship. Toss that sorry dude off the ship. See, that's that's what's wrong Jonah makes us do. He gets rid of the wrong stuff, the mistaken frenzy. Guys, the storm is coming, throw your stuff. I wonder how much good stuff they got rid of. They just wasted it and wasted it. I know drug addicts that have sold things that was important to them to find out they got rid of the best stuff to gain nothing. Listen to me now. Jonah will have you throwing away good stuff, will have you out of church, will have you put your Bible down to work more hours, he will have you texting a woman at night when you won't talk to your wife laying next to you. See, you'll throw away a good marriage. I'm going to preach whether you say amen or not. See, I'm just simply saying we better wake up. I'm tired of talking to people about saving things that are important while they're trying to chase things that are not important. See, if you're going to toss something, toss the things that are causing you problems. Miserable futility. What do you mean by futility? Nothing they threw off worked. See, I'm going to come to the altar. What good is going going to the altar if you're going to take Jonah back with you? I'm going to shout in church. What good does it if you're going to shout and go back home to Jonah? Get up every day and read my Bible. That's great, but you're not obeying the Bible that you already read. See, well, I pray every day after, I get, after you get off your knees, and go down the hallway and evict Jonah. See, no, no, let, let's do everything we can in our power and keep Jonah at the same time. Guess what? The storm went nowhere. Number four, personal essential. Personal essential. Problematic essence. See, Jonah is bad all around to have, on, to have on the ship. Powerful effect. He brings him consequences. Pointless efforts. Doing anything but throwing them off won't work. Number four, there are some personal essentials. Okay, Brother Raj. If getting rid of everybody and everything but Jonah won't cause the storm to stop, what must I do? Here it comes. Direct confrontation. All of a sudden, look at verse number six. Verse number six tells us, So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him. So let me tell you something. If you want to get right with God, you're going to have to break away from all that futile attempts. And you're going to have to have a meeting with Jonah one-on-one. See, Jonah, what are you doing here? Watch this now. What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so. In verse number six. Be that God will think upon us that will perish not. See, now that's the old King James Version. Now let me translate it for you. How are we about to die and you sleep? Why are we praying scared to death that we're we're not going to make it and you're chilling as we don't know, that you don't even know that a storm is up? Well, let me tell you something. You got friends that never come to church. They sleep every Sunday with no thought about it, but... Here's what they do. While they sleep, you reap the storm from what they're causing in your life. See, you got actors that will never make it to Open Bible Baptist Church, right? But you look at them every week on the television, and they're around moving from set to set, acting and not minding. Listen to me now. They do not know God like you do. See, you have people that, that have no intention on coming to church, and you're on your way out, and they've never been in. See, I'm telling you, when you go home, before you turn on the television, before you... Uh, Decide that you're going to turn on the news this evening. Uh, Before you have your snack tonight, you better walk up to that bedroom and say, you're not going to lay up in my house and sleep while I'm struggling through church because I know back home that somebody's living with me that doesn't belong there. See, text them, call them, tweet them, Snapchat them if you would block them. But you got to confront them. You got to confront them. You don't belong here. And I can't get out of this storm until I deal with you. So what's that direct confrontation? That's essential, you can't get around. After direct confrontation, there was some detailed consideration. Detailed consideration, they cast lots. Now I don't have time to tell you how they drew straws or what got them to that short end of the stick, but my point here is that this evening that they used whatever method they could to determine who the problem was. And whatever you got to do, are you glad today we don't have to draw straws? We got a Bible. See, here's what happens with this Bible. I don't have to draw straws. See, this is my flashlight. See, I I have this flashlight here cuz it says in Psalms 119:105, "Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path." So all I have to do is just take my Bible, look at it and and read it and find and prove What I'm trying to say to them. See, I need to see what's right. See the sight of the Lord, see, you have to prove it, and prove it means you make sure from the Bible that it's right. And after you prove something, you have to reproof something. To prove it is to prove it that it's right, and reproof is to deal with it because it's wrong. Preacher, look, I want to talk to you. What you want to talk about? I want you to help me through the scriptures to find out if my Jonah is wrong. That's a good conversation. You got music in your life that you're not sure of if it's wrong. By the way, um, if you're not spiritual, you're not the best person to judge it. You lose the ability to discern when you're not walking with God. So you get somebody that is walking with God to help you discern until you learn to walk with God for yourself. So they, they had to do something. They had detailed consideration, and then they had a discerning comprehension. They find out Jonas stands up and says, look at verse number 9 and 10 of Jonah chapter 1. And he said unto them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them, Ding! The light comes on. Wait a minute. You're a child of God. And you ran from God. And not only did you run from God, you boarded our ship. And now the ship is storming because you are, you are on it and you disobeyed God. I'm going to tell you something. Once they found out that that man on the boat didn't belong there, they went from direct confrontation, from detailed consideration, from discerning comprehension to a definite conviction. The Bible says all of a sudden those men absolutely afraid, scared to death, because they found out that somebody that had disobeyed God was on their boat. I'll tell you what's missing in a blood-washed Christian anymore is the Holy Ghost sent conviction. See, we got people going to church and doing their own thing and they think it's from God because they sit under a roof and they consider that i'm singing and i'm glorifying god and and they're praising God and they're and they figure, oh well, because I'm raising my hand and I'm getting into the music, they're being entertained, and there's no conviction in their life. so then when we come to them and we, and we try to tell them what god's word has to say, they don't want to hear what God has to say, they want to follow their own direction you know i I was talking to the the teens and for the past two weeks, I've been sharing with them in 1 Samuel chapter 8 when God's not enough. And I was talking to them about Samuel and how Samuel put his sons in a position to be the judges. And then it didn't work out because they were doing wrong and they weren't following what the law. And they came to Samuel and decided that they wanted to be a king. And Samuel got upset, but then I said this, I said, the thing that I fear most is about being in a ministry, growing up in church, and because I go to church, my kids feel they're saved too. I said, a lot of you have grown up in church. You were born in church, and your parents have their convictions that they've that they follow God's word and sometimes we get in that position where we think because I go to church because my parents go to church then I must be saved Uh, I must um, be a member of the church and that scares me because what happens is when I look at Samuel and I look where he put his sons in position and Samuel was busy doing all these different things and he thought that it's because it was his sons that it was okay and it didn't work out now Samuel's upset And God said, don't be upset. They're not upset with you. They're upset with me. They don't want me anymore in their life. And that's what we got going on today in churches today. They want church, but they don't want God. See, they they want to be entertained. They want to enjoy the music, but they don't want to have conviction in their life. They want to get up after Sunday, go go to work on Monday, go wherever they're going through the week, do everything they can underneath the sun, and then come back to church and be like, "Hey, yeah, everything is good." And then they're wondering why everything is falling apart because they too got Jonahs in their lives that they won't get rid of. See, people can sit in church and sin, sing, and, and and sin and teach and sin and testify and sin, and you don't have to be perfect. But shame on you if you know it's sinful and you aren't under conviction. See, I said, shame on you if you know it's sinful and you're not under conviction. I'm, talking, I'm not talking about being embarrassed because the pastor found out. I'm talking about being convicted because God already knows. See, I feel like I shouldn't be in, in a hurry where there's conviction. Now, let me clarify. There's a difference in sinning and ignorance. They didn't know Jonah was a Hebrew. They didn't know he had ran from God, but once they found out, it bothers me, Pastor, that these people, the best that we know, weren't even Christians and had more conviction on that ship than Christians do today. There's something wrong, and I tell you why I have gotten too comfortable with Jonah. See, that's what happens. I know you think, Brother Roger, what happened? I had all the intentions to preach something else. I had everything else that I was going to preach, and God led me to this book. He led me to Jonah chapter 1 and made me think about all the Jonas. And I'm not just preaching to you tonight, I'm preaching to myself. All the Jonas that we have in our life that get in our way from serving God the way we ought to. From worshiping God the way we ought to. Definite conviction. Diligent contemplation. See, these guys were desperate and clueless like some of us. What should we do with Jonah? They were asking a saved man what to do with him. Jonah, you got issues that, what should we do with you? And by the way, if you don't know what to do with your Jonah, get on your knees and say, God, what should I do? By the way, sometimes getting rid of Jonah is not very easy. It causes offense. It causes conflict. Some of you want to live right with God, and you're going to make some people in your family mad. You're going to make some people in your church mad, but you better contemplate it. See, I have in my notes desisted continuation. Desisted continuation. What does that mean? It means to cease because they took one more stab at it. Look at verse number 13. They took one more stab at it. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land, but they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempted against them. One more time. Who are you? I'm a Hebrew. What you do? I ran from God. Oh my goodness, I can't believe you did this. You brought all this pain on us. What should we do with you? You better throw me off. Hold on, let me try one more time. (laughs) Just maybe we can row hard enough to spare Jonah. God, I know I'm not right with you, but if I go to church, as a matter of fact, I'm going to go to Sunday night, I'm going to catch Sunday school, and he goes, Jonah's still on there? but I just thought if I row a little bit harder, I can keep Jonah on the ship. Guess what the Bible says? To no avail. So it had to be a determined conclusion. And here's what it was. Throw him off. I had somebody tell me a few weeks ago, you know it's hard. And you know I'm hard-headed. Yeah, yeah. Find me a Bible verse that says Christianity is easy. His yoke is easy. doesn't mean that the Christian life is easy. (laughs) It just simply means it, it's fit for you. See, that yoke, he'll put it on you, and it'll fit you just right. And when it fits you just right, <laughs> they bring another cow that, that has more experience, or another animal beside you, and you have the yoke on, he has yoke on, and he's going to pull you, he's going to keep pulling you until you're strong enough that you can keep up with him. That's what that yoke does. And see, God says, listen, (laughs) you can't do it by yourself. So you have to think about the fact that he's on there and that he doesn't belong there. You got to let him go. And that's all of us. For some of you, your Jonah is your social media, your television, your video games, your smartphone, your too many hours on the job, your sports, your vanity, You say, you miss mine, pause a little while. Say, Holy Ghost, identify what my problem is and watch. Boom, shakalaka, there it is. (laughs) Listen to me. You know who Jonah is? I don't have to name all of them. You know who he is. Who is your Jonah this evening? What is in your life that's keeping you from serving God? What is in your life that is keeping you from allowing God to use you? We have all the excuses in the world. I can come up with my own excuses. I can come up with my own things. Yeah, I'm too busy. I got this going on. And God's just sitting over there saying, I'm waiting for you. See, that's what's funny. God's always in the same place all the time. And if you notice something... Jonah was running from God. God wasn't running from Jonah. And you know what? That's what we do all the time. We're always running. We're always going the other direction. And God says, listen, I just need you to be committed. Are you committed this evening? You know, Pastor mentioned something a few weeks ago. He was preaching about the ship. And he was asking, you know, who's going to be on board? Who's going to help? You know, get us to the direction that we want to go. You know what? That's what it's all about. Us pulling the ship together. You know, it's us getting together as a church. You know, we, we want to sit back and say, man, I can't wait for this church to grow. I can't wait for this to happen in the church. What are you waiting for? Just get involved. See, we got these things happening here in a few weeks, and he's been talking about it. We're presenting all these different ways on how to get the church to grow. We just got to step in with both feet, and trust God. He brought you this far. I've said this before, it doesn't matter, you know, young people, you know, you wonder why your parents say the things that they say to you. You may not understand today, but I promise you this, tomorrow it'll make so much more sense. It's it's not until you get to a certain age that you realize, man, my parents knew exactly what they were talking about. You know, I used to say before I had kids, I would never repeat the things till my kids that my parents repeat, and I find myself repeating the same things. <laughs> and I'm thinking, man, why are you so hard-headed? You know, and now all I had to do, and that's what God says, every time you make a mistake, he's like, man, why are you so hard-headed? Who's your Jonah this evening? Who is the Jonah in your life? What is the Jonah in your life that's keeping you from serving God?
0: Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store.